Welcome to Coaching for Potential with Rory Rowland. Join national presenter and consultant Rory Rowland as he discusses another aspect of powerful coaching and how it transforms people to improve your organization. Welcome to Coaching for Potential with Rory Rowland. Welcome, Rory. Paul, it's great to be here. Thank you for the opportunity. Thank you for being here. And uh, this is the, the podcast where... Uh, Rory, you talk about some great ideas when it comes to coaching mm-hmm. and how to uh, have people live up to their potential, right. which is really exciting. What made you get into that type of work? You know, I, I just love seeing people grow, progress, get better. And, uh, you know, this last week I was talking to a client, and it was just great to hear the stories of how people have progressed over the last two, two and a half years I've been working with them. And it was just excellent to see that. So that that's the key. It's just that that kind of a process. Excellent. Now, I think today you're going to tell us that when you're a coach, you got to get in the middle of every single decision, right? <laughs> Something like that, right? We're going to talk about avoid, don't micromanage coach. Don't, oh, don't micromanage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, you were thinking we're going to talk about micromanagement. Right. But yeah, yeah, we're okay. going to talk about don't. But what I want to do first is give people, what are some clues people are micromanagers? Okay. And then once we go past the clues, what are some ways that we can draw back from that? and try to coach rather than micromanage. That sounds great because really the task is to be a good coach and then allow people to fulfill their potential and manage themselves, right? Absolutely. You want to create awareness and responsibility. And if you're the one that's always aware and you're trying to tell them to be responsible, you know, basically you're you're just babysitting, you're managing right. children. They're adults. Let them let them figure out how to do that. You know, set a direction and go from there. But but we'll talk about what are some of the what are some of the signs that you might be a micromanager or you might work for a micromanager Ooh, okay. or you might know a micromanager. Okay. Okay. This is gonna be good. This is gonna be good. <laughs> so one of the first things that we see is you've all uh, this person who micromanages is always running out of red pins. You know, they just <laughs> <laughs> they just can't correct enough stuff. Uh, they they missed the opportunity to go to grades uh, to be a grade school teacher and. Now they're in the business world and they've just got to correct everything. So that's one indication that, that you know somebody's not doing their job right. The other thing is another instance where you can tell that people are uh, micromanaging is they've always got to tag along with their employees to meetings. Oh, uh, you, yeah. know, if, it, you know, if there's there, there a boss that's going to be there or their boss's boss is going to be there, executive's going to be there. If anybody's going to have influence over their future and their career, by golly, they got to be there to make sure that employee doesn't mm-hmm. make the mistake. It seems like those type of managers also are the ones that complain they have so many meetings as well. <laughs> Am I right? I mean, they create the meetings. Yeah. yeah. They create meetings to make sure they're managing the meetings. Right. Yeah. They'll have a meeting to make sure we've got all of our meetings lined up. Right. Yeah. That's right. that's those folks. And those that, that just drives employees crazy. Um, and then, obviously, you insist that employees carbon copy or blind copy you on all the important emails. So that's just a, a big factor right there. And, and then they complain about, guess what? I got too, too many emails. <laughs> right. Too many emails. I wish I didn't have so many emails. I've got all these emails. What do I do with these emails? I'm overwhelmed with emails. Emails, emails everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> but they made sure that, by God, if you didn't send me that email, did you send me an email? And then, and then the other side of the coin is, they, you've, you've ever known people like this too. They've got so many emails, they don't remember if you sent it to them or not. Right. And they accuse you of not sending it to them when they didn't go through the 100 emails they've got that morning right. to deal with. It, it, they want to be um, informed, but the fact that everything is... A, a message they don't get informed about anything right. all of a sudden. They're just completely overwhelmed. And, right. and that's that's one of the downsides to micromanagement. And then uh, micromanagers, you see them, they work long days and weekends, rarely take a vacation. 
And it's their inability to delegate uh, mm-hmm. is the key. They've just got to they've just got to have their hands in everything to make sure everything goes perfectly well. Now, what do you think is the the reason that managers don't feel comfortable delegating? Is it is it they haven't developed their employee enough to where they have that trust to do it, or they feel like they're letting go of their job, you know, of their value? I think micromanagers are control freaks. I think that's the biggest factor is they just want to be in control of everything and to have somebody else do it. And I think another thing is too, not only control freak, but if they let in, it's an inability to let other people shine. I see. You know that when I see that, and that's one of the biggest barriers to folks when I'm coaching them is they just want to tell people how to do things. I'm Mm -hmm. working with a manager right now and, and I just want to, you know, basically take him and, just ask a question, but he's always telling employees what to do. Whereas if he were to ask them, they would know how to do it. They would refer to it. They would get great information, mm-hmm. but he's just, he's just absolutely compelled to tell them because it's got to be his way. And then, so there's just, uh, it's the Frank Sinatra syndrome, I think with micromanagers, it's got to be my way. And, well, it, what it seems to be the wrong approach is that, I mean, you've told stories um, on this podcast mm-hmm. about how, uh, managers have let people shine, and then they've done better themselves. I oh. mean, that's the the weird thing. They think that maybe they're holding themselves back, but they they um, are are limiting their own potential. Your company notices you when you grow people, and if you're holding people back, being a micromanager, guess whose career you're inhibiting? You're inhibiting your own, you're inhibiting your own career. Mm-hmm. That is a huge risk. Help people grow. And then when your company sees that you can help people grow and you coach effectively, guess what? They know that you can have a bigger span of control. That you can, but, but how often do micromanagers get promoted? Yeah. You know, that's the issue. Mm-hmm. And so to move away from that and become a more effective coach, when you become a more effective coach, then all of a sudden things really begin to flourish for your employees and for you. So I think that's Very just good. a huge factor. And then – um, this one, I love this. You really do have a sign on your desk that says the buck stops here. Uh-huh. <laughs> and, and of course, I'm a true, a huge uh, Harry Truman fan, and he right. did have that uh, on his desk. And uh, I love that idea. But Harry Truman knew how to delegate. He was not one who, he took the responsibility, but he certainly could delegate to other people. There's no way you can run the government yourself. Right. He, he looked at it more as a accountability thing than him having to do every single thing. Exactly. He, right. He, he, wanted to, he wanted to be, if there was a problem, he'd be the one who says, this is my fault and I'll deal with it. Now, there are, are there some other things? That, or can just take a quick break. That sounds Let's good. do that. And because I can't wait to hear the other ones. There you go. <laughs> okay. <laughs> we'll take a quick break. We'll be back with more coaching for Potential with Rory Rowland. on the power of goals and leadership. He says, the best boss I ever had was Ewing Kaufman. And I said, why? And he says, Ewing Kaufman was so good at firing up a group. He gave great presentations and he could fire us up. And so we had a presentation one day where we had all the sales team. And he said, you know, we've got to go out and beat last year's goals. We've got to really get after it. And he had them all fired up. They could just run through walls for Ewing Kaufman. And they were all fired up. And he says, right now, reach in your pocket and get your business card out. And he says, in that business card, what I want you to do is I want you to write down on that business card how much you're going to beat your quota by. So he said they were so fired up. People just wrote incredible numbers. And they all started to walk out. But Ewing Kaufman beat him to the back door. And while he was there, he held his hand out. Give me that card. Exactly right. Give me that card. 
he collected all the cards. What do you think he did? Every month, he monitored their sales. I said, what was the result? He said, the results were pretty simple. He challenged me to be the best I'd ever been in my entire life. I had the most sales that year I'd ever had. And for the company, we had the most sales ever. See the power of leadership? For more information on booking Rory for speaking or coaching, please visit RoryRoland.com. Welcome back to Coaching for Potential with Rory Roland. Rory is going over some of the ideas of how you know you're working for a micromanager or or if you are a micromanager, I guess, too. Absolutely. I mean, if, if you have the, the self-awareness to recognize that, oh, my God, I'm in some of these characteristics here mm-hmm. and what I might be doing to my employees, then this is a great moment for you to become aware of that, to self-aware. And then, you know, the best thing you could do is ask your employees, hey, be honest with me. You're not going to hurt my feelings. Am I a micromanager? And if they say yes, then ask them, how are some ways I can overcome that? But we'll talk about some ways to overcome micromanagement in a second. I just want to cover a a couple of more indicators that people might be micromanagers first. Uh, You often have meetings before meetings to make sure your employees are prepared for the important Mm. meetings. Because <laughs> you got to have meetings right. to make sure you got the right meetings right, to lined make sure up. You have the meeting, yeah, and and, and have the, a good meeting. You got to be prepared for it. And then a post meeting to complain about the meetings. Well, and, and that you, you're you're absolutely spot on. Mm-hmm. One of the big characteristics of micromanagers is the post mortem work, because they love pointing out the mistakes yeah. people make. Mm-hmm. And and you've worked for probably folks like I that. Have. Have. Rather, than, you know, and even in a post mortem meeting, if you're in a post mortem meeting. Here's the issue. And then just say to people from a coaching perspective, what are some ways we can fix this? But no, no, micromanager wants to, here's seven things we need to do to fix this. Right. Because it's got to be their way or the highway. Mm -hmm. Whereas if you ask that question to the employees, guess what? They're going to come up with systems and then they're going to be engaged and they're going to have, rather than being compliant, they're going to be engaged. They're going to want to help fix it. They're going to, they recognize the problem. They want the organization to be successful. So, I mean, it's just, a, it's just a way that you – it's the way that you approach it is from micromanagement to coaching. Right. And I think that's the important key. Um, then I love this one right here. You think you're smarter than any employees in the organization, mm. and you get frustrated with them because they just don't get it. And <laughs> I, was, I was working with a manager the other day, and, and she was just so frustrated with her employees. And I, I asked her on a scale of 1 to 10, how frustrated are you with your employees? And she says a 12. And I said, do you think they'll sense that when you talk to them? She says, I hope so. And I said, uh, will that get you what you're looking for? And then she mm-hmm. like stopped and goes, ooh. And, and I said, well, let me ask you this. If your manager ever comes to you and they're incredibly frustrated with your performance, do you feel more relaxed and perform more effectively? Or do you feel tense and wow. reserved and you clench up and you can't uh, perform effectively? And she goes, I clench up. And I said, right. okay, then what do you want from your employees? When you have this conversation, what do you want? And I think that's just the important key in, in coaching yourself or coaching employees is this behavior going to get you the results you want? Right, right. That is such an important question. And, and then uh, I love this one, and then we'll talk about strategies to, to be more effective. You rarely have time for things like strategy because you're working so hard on the day-to-day items. Mm. And, and so the big things get lost in all the minutia of the detail. And, and, and micromanagers are always complaining about there's just too many things to do. There's just too much detail. There's all of this stuff. And it's because they still delegate effectively. And what I've also found from micromanagers is this aspect with their employees. When I ask their employees, I, I, I will talk to the man, micromanager, and they clearly admit they're in the weeds, they're in the details. And then we ask the employees, what's your thoughts? And they go, my manager tries to do everything. 
and, and if they could get they there's some of those tasks they could clearly and easily give me and i'm sitting here sitting on my hands waiting for work to do and they're just completely overwhelmed working weekends all of those kinds of things when i could in fact do it i could do what they want to do and so they could get time with their family they could get time for vacation mm-hmm. but they don't do that and so here are some things here are some tips uh, to overcome uh, micromanagement for yourself or or for other folks one is ask people and then and the, you know, just ask them, hey, am I a micromanager? And, and be completely honest. They're going to tell you. Mm-hmm. Um, if you go to a person with an open heart and a kind heart and say, hey, I think I might be suffering from micromanagement, and then, and then say, are, are there some suggestions that you could help me to improve on? And this goes back to uh, a previous podcast where you ask other people for coaching. And this, but this could be a perfect mm-hmm. question to lead them into that. Absolutely. You're going to get a sense of what's going on, um, and you're going to get some feedback. And it may be painful feedback, mm-hmm. but let's face it. Um, you know, I've been married a long time. You've been married a long time. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, our wives do point out things that are shortcomings from sure. time to time. Sure, But, you know, most of the time they are, in fact, right. That's right. That's and right. it helps us be better human beings. Right. Uh, I, we should probably edit that out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, don't let them hear that. Yeah, don't right. let them hear that on the, on the podcast. Right. But, but that's the – is ask people for that. The other thing is, too, is is learn how to uh, – the ratio question, and is it the 25-75 rule? Micromanagers talk more than they listen, so they're always talking. So if you're talking more than your employees are listening or, or you're talking more and your employees are listening the most, uh, you need to reverse that, that ratio because if you want them to be involved, ask questions and say, how do we, how do, we do this? How do we mm-hmm. fix this? But uh, I was this last week. I was doing a uh, an all team function that I, of a group I'm coaching and doing sales training for. I've been working with them for about two and a half years, and just the depths of stories. The things I asked the employees that this week were: Why do you work here? Mm-hmm. And what's your favorite story? And um, one, you know, the stories of why they work here is because the difference they make in people's lives. They help people's lives be better. And so we all want to do that. We all want right. to make a difference. Right. And but the other thing is, too, they just told stories about how they worked with folks and the impact they made. And it was just so incredibly powerful to, to hear that. But here's the, here's the power. The, the real persuasion in that is not the managers telling the employees what a great job you're doing. It's the employees telling each other those stories. Right. And then it just built. I mean, it was just like this crescendo of story after story after story of all of these people saying these exciting things they're doing because guess what? They're doing it. Right. And the manager, you know how often the, you know, the manager and me, what did we do? We literally just asked the question, why do you work here? And it just took off. And I, it was probably a 95-5 rule there. It was just amazing to see the difference there. So in order to, to avoid being a micromanager is, is get up some basic questions that you can use that are just, what do you think about this process? And I'll just, I'll just finish with one last story mm-hmm. to help illustrate but this. Just, uh, just to point out that mm-hmm. the questions is a consistent theme in right. coaching for potential. It's, right. You continually uh, listen more than you talk, but you use those questions to draw out uh, people's um, thoughts. Absolutely. Get them engaged. And, and, and rather than you know, them just being compliant, you want them to enga- be engaged. And the way that you move from compliance to engagement is asking them questions and say, what do you think? Because everybody wants to make a contribution. They also want to feel like they have, they have value. Mm-hmm. And, when you enga- and then the other side of the coin is, too, with micromanagers, it's difficult for them to recognize the performance of their employees. You know, their performance is always subpar. It's never up to – but, you know, the thing is, you never hire an employee who is already done. You know, our job is to help that employee grow. Right. 
Uh, like Marcus Buckingham says, our job is to not get work done through people. Our job is to get people done through work. And, and so, pardon me, the great managers that I admire and respect have helped people grow tremendously and, and left a, a tremendous legacy. And I think that's the key to success. But I just want to tell you one quick story okay. about the illustration of micromanagement and the impact it makes on organizations and in the way that people manage. So anyway, I would do a uh, there's as an exercise called the spaghetti exercise. I don't know if you've ever seen it or done it. But anyway, you give uh, various teams spaghetti, some tape, a marshmallow, and they're supposed to build a tower where they put the marshmallow on top. And it's supposed to, and then once, you know, you get 20 minutes for the exercise, and then it's supposed to stand for one minute. And so the team with the highest, you know, spaghetti tower with the marshmallow on top uh, wins. But the thing that's been fascinating with that exercise, with, as I've watched it, is if there's a senior manager on a team, or particularly if the CEO's on the team, mm. that team never gets their spaghetti <laughs> off, I mean, off the floor. And, and here's the dynamic that occurs. It's because the manager is so focused on always giving directions, what happens is that team of three or four or five people, all of their, as soon as I say go, the four employees, heads will snap and look immediately at the CEO, and then they'll basically say, what do you want us to do? Whereas the other teams, if you've got a group of people who are peers, mm-hmm. they all say together, well, we should do this, we should do that. And then all of a sudden, they their tower goes up. And so I think micromanagement keeps you from building the tower of success that you want. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the biggest challenge from it. And I've seen that viscerally in experiments that I've done or, or uh, exercises I've done with, with teams. Great example. Great example. Thank you. So how can people get a hold of you? To find out more. Ah, wonderful. They can get to my website, RoyRoland.com. That's R-O-R-Y-R-O-W-L-A-N-D. And just reach out to me, and I'd love to talk to them about coaching and also for speaking engagements. Great. Thank you, Rory. Thank you, Paul. Thanks for listening to Coaching for Potential with Rory Roland. Join us next time for another discussion about the power of coaching. This has been a KCTK production produced by Paul Lavoda and Rory Rowland. For more information and content, visit RoryRowland.com.